Hello, and welcome back to Headset, the Overland Theatre Department's podcast. If you've been following along with our recent episodes, you'll know that this is the third installment of our mini-series, where we've been taking you on a tour of different concentrations within the theatre department. In previous episodes, we've interviewed directors and stage managers. This week, we have the privilege of talking to costume designer Chris Flaherty. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and talk to the two of you, because I'm a big, big fan. <laughs> We're really excited to have you. So. Just to start off, when did you get into costume designing? You've been doing it for a while. So where are your beginnings? Let's begin at my beginning, actually. When I was a kid, I was very performative. I loved telling stories, really. And I don't know that I could have defined it that way at the time, but definitely I was someone who made up play as children do, but mine was always with other people, creating stories, orchestrating the sort of playtime of the neighborhood into uh, these long improv sessions and stories of espionage and adventure and all that sort of thing. And that led me to performing. Actually, when I was very young, I did a lot of school plays, and which is pretty fun to think back on because when I was in second grade, I think it was, we were doing um, little story time dramatizations in the class. And we did that old story about the billy goats who try to cross the bridge and they're stopped by the evil troll. And I was playing the evil troll. But during our work with this piece, the teacher had to take me aside and just say, Chris, you were way too intense and you're scaring these kids. And I thought, great, because that is my objective. So I was totally into the idea of creating characters. And so for many of my school years, I, I did various performing things, but I also loved just working on plays, working on theater. I did backstage work all through high school, and I was really interested in kind of the whole comprehensive idea of putting together a play and presenting it. So all of these differing interests kind of filtered out when I went to college. I became a theater major at a small school in Pennsylvania, much like Oberlin, where I got to do a lot of work. And I pursued my different passions for onstage and backstage work. And finally, I realized that I was much more interested in orchestrating the event rather than being in it. So my interest in the visual elements of theater kind of came into more of a focus for me. And ultimately, I did some graduate training in design and directing. And that's more or less how I came to what I do now, I gravitated toward costume design rather than uh, set or lighting design because I love working with characters. And unlike some people, I actually love actors, singers, performers, dancers. So it's really fun to collaborate with the performers and be a costume designer. That's how I see what I do. I'm definitely a creator of character. The process of costume designing is in its initial stages so much like the actor's process. We go through all the same steps of analyzing the script, breaking down the personalities of the people in the play, thinking about the world in which they live and operate and so forth. And then at a certain point, we diverge because I'm responsible for creating the visual image, the kind of icon of that character 
for the eye of the audience. And of course, the actor needs to embody the character fully. So we work together in that stage of the game because what I do needs to support the actor's work fully. I mean, I'm absolutely about that. And whatever the visual elements can add beyond the meaning that the character pulls from the piece and embodies is really what is the best thing about costume design. And I also have to work with other people, set designers and lighting designers, and of course, directors to create that world of the play. So I have to connect my work also with their work so that we can be all on the same page so that's basically the kind of gist, the, the artistic base of what I have to do when I design a play. I know that you've done a lot of directing work at Oberlin. How would you say your directing work and your costume design work interact with each other? Do they influence each other at all? Oh, yes, absolutely. Because again, one of the most important collaborations for a designer is with the director. And the director exists to guide the production along. The director, of course, is the person with whom everyone liaisons to keep the production ideas going in a unified way. That person works with the performers to deal with, with them and their responsibility to the production and also to the designers and the technicians to make it all happen. So here at Oberlin, I have always chosen to be my own costume designer when I direct because it's really much more efficient for me <laughs> as a designer since I'm in my own head and I can be two people at once as I watch rehearsal and as I work with my costume design responsibilities that informs me as a director. I learn more and more about the characters as I go along. So it's a very, very symbiotic relationship. And not that I couldn't collaborate with somebody else. And I certainly collaborate with wonderful partners in scene design, lighting design, sound design, and all the actors and technicians. But when I'm directing and designing at the same time, it's really sort of fun because I'm very into it, you know, very into the characters at that moment in every way. You were saying earlier about how the performer actually affects your design process, which is interesting to me because a lot of people just kind of think you're working with a specific character and you're making the costume reflect that character and it just has to kind of fit the actor. You know, you're saying how the performers impact what the design looks like almost as much as the character does. Would you say with the same director, the same script, if you had a different actor that you were designing a costume for with the same character that the costumes would turn out completely differently? Potentially, yeah, it could be, it could go that way. Certain ideas about the look of a character may transfer to different bodies, but I certainly would tweak ideas, and I do tweak ideas, depending on the person who's playing the part. The unfortunate thing about American theater practice is that we do things very quickly in terms of from the very beginning of the production process to opening night. We don't get the kind of time to say, let's cast the play. Let's go into rehearsal. Let's let all the designers sit and watch what's developing before any design is created. No, 
That's not how we do it. The director works with the designers in a discrete process. The director casts the play and works with the actors. And at various times, these processes come together. So I always have to keep in touch with what's going on in a rehearsal if I want to know how an actor is developing a character. But usually, my work is done first. I'm done. Like, I've drawn a character, I've created something before the actor is very far along in the process. That's not always the case, but that's often the case. And sometimes I have to design the show before it's cast. So when it is cast, as you suggest, Peter, I definitely go back and make adjustments. It makes a great deal of difference how an actor embodies a character and what that can look like. So sometimes I discuss that with the director before casting to put ideas into their mind about who the character is and what might be the most optimal physical embodiment of that. Sometimes the director does that for me. And so it's really hard to describe to anyone who has not worked in the theater what collaboration is in the theater, okay? How the give and take and the contributions of each of the members of the creative team and the contribution of the actors to the whole sort of is stirred around through the production process to get to the end result. At Oberlin, I have to be an executor as well as a designer, meaning I also work along with my colleague, Heather Brown, to make things happen for the show. So I'm always working alongside the rehearsals. And it's so great when I really can watch the actors and add something or change something to make it more of a fit for those particular people. I had a really great experience in the spring doing that with Twilight Bowl because the director, Paul Moser, asked if I could collaborate directly with each one of the, of the actors in the cast. And they each, of course, were going to work on developing their characters, who they are. And they certainly had ideas about what they look like and what they might wear as contemporary young women. So we had wonderful individual collaborations. I worked with each actor, got their ideas, I gave my ideas, and then I would bring in things for them to try on until we collaboratively really came to the outfits that they ended up wearing throughout the play. And that was a lovely curative process <laughs> for me. But I always like to be sure that the actors understand their costumes because the worst thing that could ever happen for a costume designer is a disconnect for the actor with who they think they are playing and what they look like to themselves. And so they need to understand how that costume develops the person that they are playing. And I think that's also another very fulfilling aspect of being a costume designer when that can happen and when the designer can solve a problem if it's not happening. You've been talking a little bit about how this process works. You've talked about how you get instructions sometimes from directors and how sometimes you're you know, giving the director what you think. But how much creative freedom do you think that you have in general with your designs? And do you prefer to have some instruction for the director about who they're looking to cast and who they're, what they're looking for that person to look like? Or 
do you prefer to just have kind of a blank canvas to work off of? No, I like collaboration. I really do. And because it's a necessity, it's a good thing that I do like it. Because really, even when I'm directing a play and designing the, the characters, I'm not working by myself. I would hardly be described as an auteur. So I think that the work of the team as we go along informs the work of the team. I pay very close attention to the set design and the lighting design and the talk that we're having there, the director's ideas about the play itself always inspire me and spark ideas about directions in which to go. I'm working on a production right now for the fall, and I just had an experience like that where I had a vague idea about what I wanted to do with one of the characters, like an approach based on the overall production concept. And so I did a little tiny sketch, a scribble of a basic idea and use that as a talking point with the director who gave me some ideas about his views, right? And so this week I just developed a very specific look for this particular character. We always have to do research depending on what we know and what we don't know about the world of each play that we work with. And that's an exciting thing because research for a designer is verbal and also visual. So I do look for the books with pictures. And <laughs> even though I might read the text to understand what the clothing and the society was like for say Russia in the 1890s, if I'm working on a Chekhov play, I also want to see those clothes and I'm going to see what they look like. If it's winter, I got to see what the Russians wear in 1895 as overwear, right? Fabulous furs and all that sort of thing, right? So the interesting thing for a designer is to take research that is done with a real purpose in mind. And that's the important thing. In theater, all of us who work must have our objectives so that we can do important work that will have results. Since I said, we do these processes so very quickly. You mentioned looking for insight in how to design for a certain era to cer certain idea. We were talking to some directors in a previous episode, and I remember specifically Clara Zucker saying that she doesn't look at anyone else's versions of a play before she puts it on because she doesn't want to be influenced by how they did it. Is that something you do differently? Do you look at like the film version of something if that exists, how other people have done it to get influence on how you costume design? Well, I would say I would use the word perspective. Yes, I do look at pictures of other productions. I look at films if they exist. I look at videos of stage work if I feel it is important. And also sometimes it's just really good to do that, to see performers creating a role and moving in clothing and living in a space. Even if your production is totally different visually, even if your choices are completely, utterly different in terms of color and line and shape and texture and all that sort of thing. But there is an intriguing desire sometimes to see what other people have done. There is never a good world where you're just gonna copy their work. And you'd be a pretty poor designer or director or actor if you did. I also imagine having worked in showbiz for many years, there are some shows where it's inevitable that you will have seen how they've been done before. You know, like not every production is completely new to you, specifically at this point in your career. 
Yeah, and also sometimes I actually go back and study plays that I've done before that I'm doing again, right? I just, before COVID last year, I just did my fourth, I think, or fifth version of Midsummer Night's Dream. I hope that I never have to do that play again. Love it, but I've done it in many ways. Not one of them was identical because you can do a play title several times in your career, but if you have a different production team, it is going to be so different. New director, different actors, other collaborators in set and costume and lighting design, all of those things will influence what a production looks like, feels like, and really what's emphasized from the script. You know, you can take Hamlet, a, a very complex play, a deep play, and do so many productions of that from different perspectives and come up, of course, with different ways to design it and stage it as well. I did a play, a very charming play called On the Verge as a designer years ago. And I really liked it a lot. It has great parts for women. It's about Victorian women who are explorers. And during the course of the play, they discover that they're not only moving from place to place, but they're moving through time as well. And they come into the 20th century and land in the 1950s in America and have all these new things to discover. And it's a very intriguing play. So years after I had done this production as a designer, I decided to direct it here at Oberlin. And also I did the costumes again. And it was a very different kind of staging. But a lot of the ideas of the play can come out and feel very familiar. So it was like coming back to an old friend to do a new production of it. So do you have like a favorite design that you've ever done or, you know, a design that was especially complicated or took a little while to work out? Oh, man, that is a super hard question to answer because, well, in some ways, you know, it's like saying, pick your favorite child. Unless you're a really nasty parent, you, you won't be able to do that, right? I'll be honest with the two of you right now. I've done many, many productions, plays, operas, musicals, and I have enjoyed working on so many of them for different reasons, with different results. And so in one way, it, it's hard to pick a favorite because maybe something came out so well and I thought it wasn't going to because, you know, of circumstances. And I love that. That's my new favorite for the moment. Or maybe it was a play that I was just dying to do and we got to do it. And that's wonderful too. And I've had those experiences over the years. So I, I think that when I look at some of the work that I've done here at Oberlin, I've been very fortunate to work with playwrights that I admire. And of course, to work with collaborators that I admire here. That's one reason I love being at Oberlin and I've stayed so long that I really love the people that I'm working with and the students who come and go and come and go. Just wonderful, wonderful experiences. But I have gotten to do three of Chekhov's great plays and I really enjoyed doing each one of those and creating those very specific worlds that his plays embody because he has such interesting, strange and eccentric characters. So for a costume designer to work in that sort of late 19th century clothing period is interesting, but to create those characters in that world is, has always been intriguing. And I was also lucky enough and very honored to be able to do three different plays by another of my favorite authors, August Wilson. And those have been just 
phenomenal experiences for me because I truly love his plays. And as you may know, they explore different decades of African-American life in the 20th century. So I was able to do the 1911 play and the 1936 play and the 1928 play here at Oberlin. So that was a real treat. And I remember years ago, we were doing an opera here that was a newly written opera based on Native American folk tales from the Southwest about the coyote trickster character. And all the characters in the first act of this opera were animals. And in the second act, there were humans who interacted with animals. So it was a very intriguing production process for all of us to come up with a style and approach for this world. Because this imaginative, fantastical piece would have just died if all these little furry creatures had come out, you know, looking like the animals that they were supposed to represent in a southwestern landscape of mesas and orange rocks and stuff. So we really made an abstract design in the set with the lights and in the costumes. And I took pictures of animals and abstracted them in my mind into shapes and actually unrealistic colors and came up with this approach to creating the coyote and a fox and eagles and cougars and water buffaloes. I mean, this was a crazy opera. And they were all played by conservatory singers who totally got into being animals. I think the last thing that I would ask you about is people who are looking to get into costume design more at Oberlin. What would your advice for them be? What do you think is like the best first step? I think that, well, the best first step is to have a true, true interest in creating character, you know, like really to do that and to work with the aspects of art that can make that happen. Some people are interested in costume from a more crafting point of view, like, oh, I want to learn how to make costumes for the stage. And I think we have a lot of interesting ways for students to do that here at Oberlin, but also the design aspect, I would suggest taking courses, not just my costume design course, for example, but art courses, that design course, lighting design, and work with the elements of design in different platforms, if you will, right? And also to work perhaps in the costume shop. We have jobs in the theater department in all of the shops, and that's a great way to get into the world of costumes. Design, though, I think is something that you have to really have an interest in creating character, and you have to be willing to do a lot, a lot of research, and visual research especially. Knowing what to look for and training your eye to see details that you can then take and put together. Costume design is really a matter of making choices, selecting things, putting them all together. When you go to your closet in the morning, say, what will I wear today? You are designing yourself for that day. You are presenting who you are by making selections of clothing and wearing them into the world in certain ways. And that's exactly what I do. Only sometimes I have some really fancy pieces to work with and put together. And sometimes, all the time, 
I had to do more than one person. So that process is just an elaboration of exactly the sort of thing that we all do. And it's a very intentional process. And learning how to do that kind of selectivity and make it mean something is really what costume design is all about. So somebody who really wants to, to st study costume design, I think, could do a lot of that work on their own and really practice creating personalities through making selections of what people look like. Image making, really, image making. And that's fun. You can do that in many ways, you know, watching a lot of anime and creating your own characters, watching TV and thinking about stories and extrapolating from there and create your own characters. So it's really visual storytelling and it's really illuminating personality through the visual. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Chris. We really appreciate you providing us with your insight. Well, certainly. It's been delightful. Thank you. What a great interview. And thank you again to Chris for talking with us today. One of the things that he talked about that really got me thinking was he mentioned the difference between just making costumes and costume design that, you know, a lot of people try to get into it because they are crafty and they like sewing, that type of thing. And that costume design is really different. It involves all of this communication with the director, you know, an, a full artistic vision and really reading through the script and being super familiar with all the characters. So it's much more of an intensive job than I think a lot of people think. Yeah, definitely. I've, I definitely love the work that Chris has done in the department and getting to know sort of the process that he goes through and how much work goes into making those costumes was very interesting for me. I've seen a lot of the work that he's done, specifically on the operas. That's been really impressive. And I really enjoy his costume work and I appreciate knowing how much work he put into it. Yeah, I think costume design is especially impressive for opera because, you know, you have all of these classic works. He mentioned Chekhov. And, you know, in a conversation that we'd had with him, he was talking about how quickly things happen within the American theater industry and being able to just whip up a costume for something that complicated in such a short amount of time is truly an art form. Yeah. You don't really think about how much time a designer needs to be able to first design it and then get the materials and then make it what it is. And it's a lot more than I think I imagined it to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that to an extent, you can pick and choose pieces that you have available to you. So not everything needs to be made from scratch all the time. And you can be inspired by your old designs, especially after you've been working for a while. Another thing that he said that really interested me was how being a director influences his decision making. Even when he's not directing the show, his director mind kind of is there and helps with that. So it, it's interesting to see how being involved in multiple areas of a production and being someone who has done other areas affects the area that you're currently focusing on. In Chris's case, costume design. Yeah, and almost everyone that we talk to comes from at least a minimal acting background, which I think is how most people get into theater and community theater when they're younger. And that's its own important experience. But having the experience of directing uh, is very interesting, I think, because that's just a very intensive way to be acquainted with the process. You know, once you've directed, I think anything else is exponentially easier because you are the person that the designers check in with as they are working throughout their process. So then if you go and design again, you understand what it's like to be in control of that and making those decisions and 
Yeah, Chris is a very experienced costume designer and it's clear that he's very passionate about his work and it was very interesting to be able to get his view on a lot of different areas of costume design and I definitely learned a lot from it and I hope that people listening did as well. Yeah, absolutely. I know I learned a lot too. Thank you again to Chris for being our guest on this episode and we hope you will join us next time on Headset. <laughs>